Y'all know me. Know how I earn a living. This shark swallow you whole. I value my neck a lot more than 3,000 bucks, Chief. Find him for three, but I'll catch him and kill him for ten. Ten thousand dollars for me by myself. For that you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. You yell shark, we've got a problem on our hands on the 4th of July. Mr. Vaughn, Mr. Vaughn, I pulled a tooth the size of a shot glass out of the rectal of the boat out there, and it was the tooth of a great white. A what? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Love to prove that, wouldn't you? You got your name into the National Geographic. Now, I'm not saying that this is not the shark. It probably is, Martin. It probably is. It's a man-eater. It's extremely rare for these waters. But the fact is that the bite radius on this animal is different than the wounds on the victim. Jaws Obsession, episode number seven, where we are here to share with you, prove to you, convince you, or remind you that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. Saltine crackers. Saltine crackers. What do they have to do with Jaws? And how do saltine crackers show the authenticity of Jaws? I know it sounds, uh, I know it sounds a little interesting, but we're going to get into all that. But first, uh, how about a couple of announcements here? We have the platforms have grown exponentially. Broadcast seems to be finding more platforms to be heard on. Uh, welcome to, in the last week, we've added Google Podcasts. Uh, that's Google Podcasts director, uh, discovery and listening app. Um, it's their entire um, directory that they've built to uh, find any podcast available. So this broadcast can be found on there. We are also now on listennotes.com. Uh, listennotes.com used by over 1 million people every month. And then we are now on uh, TuneIn. Uh, let's see, TuneIn.com, which is the uh, service for Amazon's Alexa. So we can be heard there. And also, finally, um, without further delay, we are now on Apple Podcasts, which is the largest podcast database. So this show can be heard there. And it was uh, we went on there yesterday. And in the last 24 hours, we had a 121 downloads of the show. So... Uh, there is quite some uh, Jaws interest over at Apple Podcasts. Welcome to all the Apple listeners. And um, let's see, what nations did we add? What nations did we add? So in the last in the last week, we are now we had a nation move into the number two spot. Hello, India, the nation of India. Ah, well, we got some Jaws fans over there. They are now number two uh, with the in the listening ranks for the Jaws obsession. And welcome to the nation of India and uh, Ireland now added to the bracket. So we are uh, 
expanding and moving across the globe, which is very exciting because that's what we are going to need when we get to episode 20. We are going to need everybody to come together because we are going to make uh, something happen. We are going to, in one voice, in one collective voice, we are going to do something very special. And that's going to be on episode 20. That's when this broadcast becomes, uh, that's when we see the, the true power of what we can do as fans of one movie if we all come together. And that will be on episode 20. So we are one step closer to that goal after this broadcast. Without any, uh, let's see, no other notes to do, let's jump into it. Saltine Crackers, how does that apply to Jaws? So we have the character Quint, played by Robert Shaw, is seen um, eating crackers in a couple of occasions in Jaws. One of the most iconic occasions is the nails down the chalkboard scene when we have introduced to the character and um, that's how special Robert Shaw was as an actor to deliver an, uh, deliver an Oscar caliber performance while eating a cracker. Um, I mean, that rivals, if not best, Marlon Brando performing with cotton in his mouth for The Godfather. I will go to the grave saying that uh, Robert Shaw's portrayal of Quint is the best character performance ever to committed to screen in any movie in history. And when I say character performance, it's... Uh, when an actor is being is playing a character that's not himself, okay, so he is becoming another persona, and Robert Shaw's is the best ever. And any of you fans of um, other character performances, uh, you Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp fans, or you Marlon Brando, Godfather fans, you want to challenge me on that? Let's have a debate. I would love to have that debate because why I think that is the greatest performance, uh, Robert Shaw's portrayal of Quint is because of the mass appeal. And the mass appeal is because of the authenticity of the character and what he did. And we are going to get into a little bit of that. We are um, going to be very, we are going to be doing a lot more Quint episodes as well as other episodes of the characters. But right now I wanted to get into just the fact that he's eating a saltine cracker. Why is that? We're going to refer to, let's see here, this massive book here called Jaws Memories from Martha's Vineyard. Uh, written by Matt Taylor. It's a famous uh, coffee table book, historical book, with uh, many photos of behind the scenes and the making of Jaws that uh, came out back in uh, 20, 2011. And in that, you have a lot of different, you're introduced to a lot of the uh, backstories. And if you, are, if you haven't read any other uh, pieces of Jaws literature, the making of, then this one is, is probably one of the most in-depth and you get, a, you get well-rounded explanations into all areas. For those who don't know, Robert Shaw plays Quint, the fisherman in Jaws. But in, um, in the making of the movie, Steven Spielberg took a big liking to a Martha's Vineyard local named Craig Kingsbury. And Craig Kings, Kingsbury, is um, he was a, a local kind of a jack-of-all-trades, but he did a lot of experience fishing and, and sailing on the waters had a lot of colorful sayings, had a lot of slogans, just a, his, uh, just a natural way of being, and uh, he's a natural character. And uh, Spielberg liked that, so he instructed Carl Gottlieb to sit down and record some conversations so they could write some of that dialogue into the script, as well as hang out with Robert Shaw. And he said uh, for Robert Shaw to hang out with Craig Kingsbury. And as it says right here, uh, let's see, I'm reading from page 53 out of... Uh, Jaws Memories of Martha's Vineyard. Carl Gottlieb said, Robert Shaw spent a bit of time with Craig as well, 
and they seemed to really hit it off. They were both wild men, both mavericks, so they had a lot in common. Although Shaw never met him, uh, there was actually another real-life prototype for Quint uh, that Benchley knew, a shark fisherman from Long Island named Frank Mundus. One of the things that great actors like Robert Shaw do is build the character from one or two people, then synthesize them through their own vocalization. And so Quint became a compendium of all th these different people, Robert Shaw, Craig Kingsbury, and a little bit of Frank Mundus. Um, and what he's also leaving out is also uh, Lynn Murphy, who came into play later in the production. And he, we're going to get into that later when we're, we're going to do a spot on Lynn Murphy and how he affected Robert Shaw's performance of Quint. So, but right now we're going to stick to Craig Kingsbury. Craig Kingsbury, if you don't know, this is the guy, uh, he played uh, Ben Gardner in the movie. And um, for some of you that are first-time Jaws viewers or um, not in-depth Jaws viewers, uh, Ben Gardner is the large fisherman that wel welcome, welcomes Hooper onto... Uh, onto Amity Island in this scene right here. Hello. Hello back, young fella. How are you? Say, I hope you're not going out with those nuts, are you? So that was Craig Kingsbury. He plays Ben Gardner in the movie, and uh, as his character goes out, they later they find uh, that's where the, the head at the bottom of the boat scene that discovers, uh, that Hooper discovers when he's holding the tooth of the Great White. So um, that was Craig Kingsbury. And uh, so they gave him a part in the movie, and he hung out with Robert Shaw. So what I really like here is, and we're going to tie this all together here, is that if you flip through uh, the book, there's a, really quick, there's a really quick couple of lines here. And when they interview Craig Kingsbury talking about Robert Shaw, and he would say, um, I'm teaching Robert Shaw to chew snuff. Smokeless tobacco was foreign to the lad, and, the and a tablespoon of Copenhagen I gave him unsettled his hash. The poor bastard, he leaned over a chair and puked until his eyes watered. He decided Quint would bite on crackers instead. What we have from Craig Kingsbury himself is that there was an active discussion about toba cho chewing tobacco or crackers. And this is very authentic because, um, and I remember I always got a chuckle at that scene because... When I uh, enlisted in the U.S. Coast Guard and uh, right out of boot camp, I was put right into a small boat station, a search and rescue station. So I was on the 44 motor lifeboats where we would go out into heavy surf to uh, rescue stranded boaters and, um, that were caught in storms and such. And someone like myself, who never really grew up on the water, being from upstate New York, when you go down and you're on a, um, you're at a search and rescue station, you're not always on the water. You're going out for short times and coming back. So you're still kind of always used to land. So you do get kind of queasy when you go out there, especially in the big surf. You're only on a 44-foot boat, but you're going into, you know, 10, 15-foot seas. Sometimes, you know, you're going into 5 to 10, but that thing is just, it was just, uh, that boat just ro rode so bad that it would even almost flat seas, you would still be rocking and rolling from side to side because the boat was weighted differently. It was those, it was at the time it was um, weighted really heavy on the bottom. So if you did take a, a heavy hit to one side, the boat would actually rewrite itself. If it got completely um, uh, turned over in the water, it would flip back over. That's how the theory goes. But one thing, I never had a problem with the seasickness I never had a problem with the seasickness itself. With the waves, what it was was the diesel fumes. So when we would be working down um, on the decks, and whether you're pulling in line or you you have to uh, you, you're working in the well of the 
uh, of the deck. It's like this lower part that's right on the water. The diesel exhaust ports were right by port and starboard, right there, and the the, uh, the exhaust would just dump right on you. So you'd get the salt air, the exhaust, and then the motion, and some guys would just lose it. And so you know, and I'm not going to say I never lost it, but I would definitely get kind of queasy. So the older uh, the old, the saltier Coast Guardsmen that I w- lived with, uh, they would say, you got to, you got to grab a handful of saltine crackers every time you go out. And that's just what we would do is you would grab saltine crackers and you would put them in your pockets and you would always be munching on saltine crackers as you're, uh, as you're leaving the station and you're headed out to the inlet. Was this just a, uh, something that I experienced or is this more? So I looked around and the people that I've talked to, as well as the stuff that I found on the internet, um, like there was an, in the Navy, there was a, uh, let's see, a Lieutenant junior grade, um, named John Collins. His quote is, uh, it, it does help to have some food in your stomach. If you are queasy, saltine crackers and water can help settle the stomach. You may still feel queasy, but you can usually keep the crackers down. Now, when you go out and live on the water, when you're on a big ship, you actually, you get used to it. You're living on the water and it's, everything's fine. So it's only a couple of days where you get, you get your sea legs and then you get used to it. But when you're on the small boats and you're going in and out, in and out all the time, you're going out for four or five hours, you come back in, you have dinner or you don't have anything. And then all of a sudden the alarm goes off and you have to go out again and you have to go grab somebody, you come back in. So you're constantly going from standing still to motion, from standing still to motion. And that's where the saltine crackers come in. Uh, So there's a little bit of history to that. Uh, the saltine cracker. What it is is, if um, from militaryhistory.fandom.com, uh, we what it derives from is what it was called hardtack, and hardtack is a simple type of biscuit or cracker made from flour, water, and sometimes salt. Hardtack is inexpensive and long-lasting. It is used for sustenance in the absence of perishable foods, commonly during long sea voyages and land migrations and military campaigns. In the history of that, they would say um, it, it goes all the way back to Egyptian sailors um, and uh, King Richard I of England. There was uh, there, there they would have uh, some version of hardtack. Uh, some early physicians associated most medical problems with digestion. Hence, for sustenance and health, eating a biscuit daily was considered good for one's constitution. The bakers of the time made biscuits as hard as possible as the biscuits would soften and become more palatable with time due to exposure to humidity and other weather elements. Uh, because it is hard and dry, hard tack will survive rough handling and temperature extremes. Then, in 18... 18- 1801, Josiah Bent began a baking operation in Milton, Massachusetts, selling water crackers or biscuits made of flour and water that would not deteriorate during long sea voyages from the port of Boston, which was also used extensively as a source of food by the gold prospectors who migrated to the gold mines in California of 1849. You have uh, the saltine cracker is a derivative of the water cracker that was invented in Milton, Massachusetts by Josiah Bent in 1801. So this is actually the saltine cracker was used to quell queasiness and some maybe some sort of seasickness, especially maybe if you had one too many at the bar the night before and you got to go out and catch a shark, which possibly was what Quint was doing when he's in the chalkboard scene at the town hall in Amity. So what's he doing? He's loading himself up with saltine crackers because he's got to go out in the water and he's got to go look for this shark. So the guys at the station would also say, 
you're doing you're going to do two things. You're going to either chew tobacco or you're going to have saltine crackers. That's what you're going to do because that's what everyone did in order to override the body's natural response to motion sickness. And I always went, I thought that's kind of gross, the whole smokeless tobacco thing. So I always went with the saltine cracker. Some guys went with the chewing tobacco. What was interesting was Craig Kingsbury basically said the same thing to Robert Shaw. You're either going to do this or you're going to do this because that's what Quint would do. And Quint tried the chewing tobacco, puked his guts out, or Robert Shaw tried the chewing tobacco, puked his guts out, and then he said, I'll stick with the crackers. So then you go right to he's eating a saltine cracker that is not that is not happenstance that wasn't just something that was over on the catering table that was a conscious decision by Robert Shaw to use the saltine cracker in his introduction in the movie to give it authenticity and that's what makes jaws such a special movie because there's little little elements in that that even guys that have been out at sea they actually see that and they go wow that's exactly what i do and that's why Jaws is a special, special movie. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired, I wanna go to bed. It's the little things. It's the little things that make things special. Little details like that. And that's what we are trying to focus on on the Jaws obsession. Because maybe you've seen the movie 20 times, but you never knew that. So now you know that the saltine cracker is very authentic to the character of Quint. And you know why Robert Shaw chose the saltine cracker and not smokeless chewing tobacco. The movie Jaws is copyrighted property of Universal Studios. Any references and sampling from the movie Jaws in this episode is intended to fall within Section 107 of the Copyright Act. The copyrighted materials are fairly used for the purposes of criticism, comment, reporting, teaching, and research. The material used here are protected by Fair Use Guidelines, Section 107 of the Copyright Act, all rights reserved to the copyright owners. So, I urge everybody to go to JawsOB.com. That's our website where they can get links to all this. If you're whatever podcast or uh, radio platform you're listening on, you can uh, like and subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family that we are doing the show. This was episode seven. So now we're headed into, we're, we're marching on to episode 20. So we don't want to miss episode 20. Let's build this audience up. Uh, you can also go to our Telegram page and our Discord uh, server from the contacts page at jawsob.com. And uh, you can check show notes and details that I might put up there. Or you can even toss a message and uh, maybe we can talk some more and uh, have a discussion on what the next episode should be like. Thanks for listening. Until next week, farewell and adieu and show me the way to go home. <laughs>